0: part of the beauty of fiction and poetry and all this is that you can play around with letting the truth in, like really just letting it in. And that feels really amazing, but it's very vulnerable. Like this book feels like in some ways, the most vulnerable text that I have offered people about how I actually work with my magic and what I actually believe is going on in this world and in this moment. And it also feels like real invitation. You know, like I'm like, I really want people to take their manifestation power seriously and what they say and who they say it to and how far they allow themselves to imagine. Even when you're inviting people to imagination, it's very easy to be like, imagine what I have imagined with yeah. me. Come imagine my vision with me. That is intoxicating. Right. I've had the experience of a lot of people being like, yeah, what you're imagining, yeah, that. Right. Right. It's right. like, that's seduction. Right. And. It's such a different thing to be like, this is what I'm imagining. What are you imagining? And I'm sure it's different. And that's the kind of different conversation that I'm interested in.
1: I can see that thread from knowing you, right? 20 something years, 20 years ago, like that is still the thread, right? Like How do I stay true to what is moving through me and express it? But always as an invitation to knowing that what is alive is the space between us. My name is Gibran Rivera. I am a coach and a facilitator. I often serve as a teacher and a guide. And this is my podcast. Here, I am inviting you into an ongoing conversation with remarkable leaders who are devoting their lives to the evolution of consciousness and culture. Last fall, in 2022, I got an awesome invitation from my friend, Jesse Hassinger, who works at the independent bookshop, the Odyssey Bookshop in South Hadley, Massachusetts. He asked me if I would be interested in interviewing Adrian Marie Brown around the release of her latest book, Fables and Spells, a collection of short stories and poetries and really a treasure trove of spells. I was beyond excited about the opportunity. Adrian and I are friends. We've been friends for a long time. And I've been privileged to see her light and star rise as more and more people respond to what she's bringing. And uh, we never had a public conversation like this. And quite frankly, have been a while since we had a conversation at all. So I'm just excited to reconnect with my friend and thrilled about the opportunity to read this book, thinking about the possibility of having this conversation with her. So I'm launching season three of the podcast by re-releasing that interview that we did that uh, the Odyssey bookshop holds in its files. And you can see the video there on their website. Uh, But you can also listen here on my podcast. Adrienne likes to describe herself as more than an author. She describes herself as someone who grows healing ideas in public. And she does this, yes, through her writing but also through her music, which we should pay more attention to, and also through her podcasts, which are so engaging. I think of Adrienne as one of those prophetic voices that is able to speak in an ancient mythopoetic language, the tongue that helps our souls find meaning as we return home to ourselves. I know that's a lot to say, and I mean every word. I think you'll get it when you hear us talk. There's a powerful transmission in this podcast. Something magical happens here because this is a conversation among people who truly believe in magic. And because what Adrian has to say is something that we need to hear. I invite you to dive in with an open heart and with a willingness to be touched by what transpires. Thank you for your attention and for returning to my podcast. Enjoy.
0: I'll start with the radical gratitude spell. This one might be familiar to people. It's been in other works of mine, but I wanted it here. And this is a spell to cast upon meeting a stranger, comrade or friend working for social and or environmental justice and liberation. You are a miracle in motion. I greet you with wonder. In a world which seeks to own your joy and your imagination, you have chosen to be free every day as a practice. I can never know the struggles you went through to get here, but I know you have swum upstream and at times it has been lonely. I want you to know, I honor the choices you made in solitude and I honor the work you have done to belong. I honor your commitment to that which is larger than yourself and your journey to love the particular vessel of life that is you. You are enough. Your work is enough. You are needed. Your work is sacred. You are here, and I am grateful.
1: Thank you. Just gonna kind of let me feel that for a second and mm-hmm. just knowing those folk, you know? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, <laughs> <Good> <laughs> yes. You're working so hard. Yes, yes. And, and I I do wanna to get to this to this one that, that moved me so much. I told you it was the first bit that I read to Tuesday from your book. I didn't since we're talking about these people working for justice, you know? Yeah. There's something about all of your work that is so specific mm-hmm. to our uh, to an audience, right? The community that I'm very familiar with, that I myself have been embedded in, right? There's like a, you just like, you just like offering your gift to the people that you know that you yourself are a part of. Yes. Uh, and, and I also see the way in which you are so like, are like always... Like you got a, a bit of a foot or a side kind of beyond and out, right? And you're like, "I am yours. I see you. I celebrate you." And look at this, and I'm also of this. And I want. I, I wonder if you can talk to the way you experience that tension, for lack of a better word, in you. Maybe that's not. Maybe you don't experience it as tension,
0: but I do. It's like, a... yeah. I mean, I think that it's it's interesting. It's it's a tension only if I think that. <laughs> There at odds, or if I think in binary, you know, I'm like, oh, I can only be of this or of that. Um, then it feels tense, right? Because I'm like, oh, you know, where's my belonging in all of this? Uh-huh. And I think that that, especially when I was deeply, deeply in movement work, um, one of the things that I was always trying to interrogate was the feeling of us them. Like there was like people doing movement and everyone else, and I'm like, I think that that's a relatively new way of thinking about working for change. And I think the longer path and maybe the I do think the more effective path is that people have lots of different work in the world and they also contribute to trying to change the society that they're part of. So I think that's what you feel in me is that I'm like, yes, to all the people who are like, I am professionally nonstop full time working on trying to change the world. Absolutely. That's that's where I reside. And. If we are going to actually have the impact we want to have, I also want to constantly be inviting people into the sanctuary of movement and inviting movement to be a sanctuary that is welcoming so that we can constantly be growing the idea of it's my responsibility to transform the world and transform the conditions of my people. Yes. Know.
1: Yeah. Sure. Sure. No. I, I see that. I feel that. I'm grateful for it. And so, if, if I can, if I can point us towards that piece where where she's corresponding from heaven, because I think it's a great great balance to the immediacy of climate justice, right? And then you are here holding this this cosmos, this perspective, which I won't speak of it. You'll just you'll just read it.
0: <laughs> so the story it's a short story that becomes a poem, kind of in the process because the author is uh, someone who is of a a sect of humans who have decided to opt out of time. They've opted out of the way that humans do time, the, the linear nonstop process. So they've opted out they've decided to become perennial and they have a whole scientific process by which they become perennial. They live forever, they don't die. And now this author is like, I actually do wanna die. I want to experience that. I feel like I've done everything I wanted to do. So this author returns back into time and gets to go through death. And then this is a correspondence from the author. The author corresponds from heaven. You think maturity is being an elder human. Maturity is becoming a black hole. We who are made of stardust die and the dust returns to dust, folded into or blown over the surface of whatever planet we have known as home, and the star in us returns to the stars, soul being the bright force of the universe. We materialize and split, materialize and explode, materialize and dissipate until we learn to die as if simply falling down over and over, childlike, until we learn to live as if precariously standing. It takes us lifetimes so very long to learn to be, but then life begins. We become our own gravity, collective bodies of soul belonging to each other. We are each other's root in the vastness of space. And one day when we have done everything a star can do, burn, grow, beam, participate in constellation, burst beyond ourselves, we become so thick with ground that we finally learn to hold on to everything to reality and imagination in form and ever-changing swallowing only that which is ready to be tasted inside every black hole is a heaven a state of being capable of abundance solitude magic and rest with a boundary where every construct of time stops because we need not measure eternity. Everything in the known and unknown realms will eventually be folded into such heaven the galaxies exist to feed gravity and gravity exists to hold life. Once swallowed, we can be present by which we mean full on the present, which was never a moment, which was always here in need of nothing at peace in the glory of enough
1: thank you <laughs> it's so powerful it really really is and it's uh yeah I know I know I want to let our listeners in with their thoughts and questions and I just again want to want to really just poke again or prod again this what is it like to know what to know this right this just moved through you just spoke a truth in a world that is facing a crisis of meaning, right? And you have this, um, you're speaking in this mythopoetic language, right? That is, that is exactly the tongue that we need to hear in order to remember the truths, right? That the ancestors held and sang, right? That's like, what is it like then to move in the world with it, to know it and let it move through you in this way?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, it's profound, you know, it feels like I'm really grateful that I have been willing to do mushrooms and plant medicine and like willing to sit with the stars, willing to feel extreme joy and extreme grief and willing to experience it all. I, it it feels like, um, Lama Rod Owens Mm -hmm. talked about being a prophet as being willing to speak the truth. And that really helped me because I was like, Oh yeah, then i can accept that because people like oh you're doing a profit i'm like no i don't know i don't know what's going to happen but i do know what feels true or often i feel i feel like i'll tap into something and be like oh that's true i don't quite understand it yet like i don't know how i know that inside every black hole is a heaven but i do know that that is true so then then it's just like how do i communicate that you know with this story in particular the author showed up knocking at my door it would be hard to convince me that this is not a true story. Right. 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 There's sometimes the characters show up that way where I'm like, this is happening. <laughs> and I'm just trying to tell what's happening. Yes. Um, and they're telling she's giving me like this. Yeah. This is what I'm experiencing. So I also think there's that, that's like part of the beauty of fiction and poetry and all of this is that you can play around with letting the truth in like really just letting it in. And that feels really amazing, but it's very vulnerable. Like this book feels like in some ways, the most vulnerable text that I have offered people about how I actually work with my magic and what I actually believe is going on in this world and in this moment. And it also feels like real invitation, you know, like, I'm like, I really want people to take their manifestation power seriously and what they say and who they say it to. And, how far they allow themselves to imagine even when you're inviting people to imagination it's very easy to be like imagine what i have imagined with me come imagine my vision with me Mm -hmm. that is intoxicating Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. i've had the experience of a lot of people being like yeah what you're imagining yeah that. It's like that's seduction right and it's such a different thing to be like this is what i'm imagining what are you imagining yeah right and i'm sure it's different yeah. And that's the kind of different conversation that I'm
1: interested in. I can see that thread from knowing you, right? 20 something years, 20 years ago, like that is still the thread, right? Like,
2: yeah.
1: how do I stay true to what is moving through me and express it? But, but I always as an invitation to, to knowing that what is alive is the space between us. When I invited people here, people on my newsletter to, yeah. to come to this, I was yeah. like, this is all the things you should know about Adrian, prophetic, mythopoetic, all the things. And then I'm like, and check out her Instagram because there's this way in which you're just a dope, fun, quirky, insecure sometimes person. And it's just like, you just show your humanness there in this lovely way. And I'm like, and I think that's, that's, that's like where the witchiness is so different from other spiritual forms because it is magical but earthen you know? Yeah. And like so profoundly feminine in that way, I think. And so it's like pointing people towards that, right? Like that there's there's a way in which you show us the daily you that doesn't want to go out half the time and half the invitations that you have. Right? I know everybody <laughs>
0: sends me all the introvert memes. They're like, you're actually just an introvert agent. That's all it is. And I'm like, maybe sometimes, you know, definitely a hermit. But you know, I love that too, because My little meme boards, my mood boards also feel like little spells that I cast and curate, and it's very important to me to not get ahead or outside of the human experience. You know, like I, I think there's something really important about being a human at this moment in history when our species, our continuation is not guaranteed. It's in quite a serious threat. Now, this may have always been the case, but we didn't know it. Now we know. Now we really know we have all the data and the reports and everything else. And it's like, if our species will continue, it's going to take some changes, some maneuvering, and it's going to require being a human and being like, I don't want a fake idea of what we're moving towards. I want to be like, no, I'm really, I'm not asking someone to do anything I won't do. You know, like I'm not asking people to change in ways I'm not willing to change, but it's also like, oh, I want a future in which I can be an introvert witch in the woods, (laughs) you know. Yeah, what can is there a community forum that supports that? <laughs> you know. yes. Yes. Instagram so far has been very satisfying and that I'm like, I'm by myself, but here's everything I feel. I love it. Thank,
1: thank you for it. I love it. it. It brings me joy on a regular basis. Thank you for the gift of your attention. If there's something here that resonates for you, something that feels true and good think about a friend that you could share it with we cure it for each other and that's the only way the good stuff spreads you're doing all these things right because it's the witch the magic the spells and then you're stepping like what is it like to so consciously step into a tradition right it's like afrofuturism right it's been around it's here it will go forward and you you can kind of walk into it, right? And then you start to, through the book, right? You dance with Nikki Giovanni, you talk about Harriet, you you bring Nina in, right? Like, there's a way in which you are dancing with, right, these voices that move you and us that that are are of Blackness. You're embodying, and like, be finding your way in it. So what is it, what is it like to be in a in in a living stream? That's the first question. And then this, yeah, tell me that one, but I'll ask you the second one to follow up after. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, one is just to it's it feels so delicious. Like I remember the moment when I was like, oh, I have ancestors in the lineage of my work, and I have elders in the lineage of my work. They're not my blood family necessarily, or I don't know. Although I did have recently in the past couple of years, the delight of realizing that Imani Perry is actually my cousin. Um, we found it out through Ancestry.com, and we're both Virgos. We're one day apart in the Virgo realm, and um, and we both. I think at the moment we deci- we figured it out. We had the same number of books in the world, and we're just like rip roaring, you know, writing our asses off. And we're like, who is this shared ancestor? That that like you know like what was happening in that trajectory of our family? before you know we split apart and yet here we are doing such similar work so but that's how i feel like when i realized like oh i can claim harriet tubman like i can i can bring her into my life as a teacher as someone i turn to for wisdom across time and space and nikki giovanni so nikki giovanni has done several interviews where she talks about how much she would love to go to space and like how much we we should be in space and how If anyone's going to go to space, she has this incredible poem about how if anyone was going to go to space, it should be black people. Um, We really know how to travel light and go into the unknown and recreate it to to be a place that we can live and survive. Right. I mean, it just blew my mind. And so stuff like that, where I'm just sort of like this doesn't exist, like we don't have the story of what happens when Nikki Giovanni gets to go to space. Right. We have the longing. But like what would it take? What would have to happen? And, and I was like, yeah, it's, it, as I was writing it, all the billionaires started being like, we're going to space. And I was like, okay, maybe some black billionaires could send Nikki Giovanni to space. And like, what would this look like? And it was just really fun to imagine that not necessarily on her behalf, but just like, I hope it lands as a love offering, right. That I'm like, I love Harriet.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I love Nikki Giovanni. I love Nina Simone. I love Octavia Butler. I love um, all of these, the, the You know, for me, my lineage, like when I'm lifting people's name up all the time, I'm like, yeah. I love yeah. this person. And the language that I use for the work that I do is witching. The language I use is emergent strategy. The language I use is pleasure activism. I see that in all of these people who predate any of that language. Yeah. Yeah. yeah? So, you know, for me, <clears throat> seeing Black people in the future
2: yeah.
0: is what Harriet Tubman was doing.
2: I see. right.
0: Right? Yeah. She's like, I see black people in the future. She's like, I absolutely know that we're there and we are free there. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm in that lineage. That's all, you know, like, I'm like, we're still doing that same thing. of trying to be like, what would it mean for black people to be free in the future? And I think the thing that's exciting about inserting myself in the narrative of it all is that I insert myself with the consciousness of being one of the freest people to ever live. Particularly, one of the freest Black people, mm-hmm. right? That I'm like, because of work that y'all did Amen. on Amen. all these different, you know, front lines. Yes, I'm able to exist yes. in a way yes. that feels very realized and very satisfying, and comes with a huge amount of responsibility of how do I make this available to more people? And so far, writing these stories is is one of the main ways. You know, <laughs> I know I'm like. Here's how I was maybe, you know, if you want access
1: to this, you can have it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Just like what a line and a truest line. I'm one of the freest black people that has ever lived and it is because of you, you know, it's like, and it just places us. I think of our work a lot as like a forward facing remembering, you know? And so the next question, because I think I'm just going to, I know this is what you mean, but there's kind of nuance it a little bit for the listeners because you are expressing, right, and then you're inviting people to express and and find it in themselves. You're finding a voice in yourself, but there's more than that, right? Because in the end, you're dancing with these people, right? You it's not it's not just that they they show you they're expressing and then you're expressing. There's actually an a, a, an in, a weaving off, right? A dancing with, right? And 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 so what would you say? Because the invitation is clear, and uh, it, it just you can feel it, right? There's something about the approach that that makes it accessible to people. So I could do this. I can I can see what's moving through me. But what does dancing with this look like, right? What does like mean? Uh, yeah.
0: Well, you know, Nina Simone said one of the the role of the artist is also to reflect to be a mirror that's actually reflecting what's happening in your time. So part of the dance is like it's a dance of Mm -hmm. unveiling you know the dance of being like Mm -hmm. can we get more transparent can we be more clear can we tell a more compelling truth
2: Mm
0: -hmm. um which i think is also what octavia butler did so well it's like here's what's definitely 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 going to happen Mm -hmm. if we don't change how we're acting this is where we're heading but she made it compelling i was like i'd still want to be alive in this future i can still see what my freedom fighting work would be like Mm -hmm. the dance for me is being like. I don't want to tell you the truth in a way that makes you want to run away or hide from it. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I want to tell you the truth in a way that's like, the truth continues to lead me to beauty. It continues to lead me to liberation. And I think, you know, there's a rhythm. I'm like, I'm finding this rhythm. That's like, grief always has a counterpoint. Yes. Right. Despair has a counterpoint. Um, Hopelessness has a counterpoint. And Those counterpoints are actually a discipline that has to be cultivated. So part of the dance I'm in and part of what I'm trying to make transparent to people is I'm like, I flex with grief. I go all the way into despair. I go into the hopelessness. Sometimes it takes me a long time to bring the the nose of the plane back up and like head a different direction, but I only am able to reach the joy, the freedom, the sense of belonging connectedness by going into those harder places of emotion and all the artists and leaders and thinkers and writers throughout time that I am moved by. I see that archivist, you know, archeological work of just like I'm willing to spelunk in the cave of myself. You know, if we're dancing, we're dancing in the dark. Right. And then, and then we come out and it's like, okay, here we are. This is who we really are. You know? And I think that experience, like, for people who have done you know medicine in community there's yep. such a there's a part of it that's like i will let go of my whole form
2: mm-hmm.
0: and let myself be reconstituted yep. you know
2: yes. like
0: so we're in a time when that's kind of what our species has to do that's kind of what our communities have to be willing to do that's kind of what each each of us has to be willing to do it's like i'm gonna let go of all the constructs i was given that i was told would lead to belonging yeah. i'll let them all go Yes. And then reconstitute, you know, for me, I'm writing a piece right now. That's like, what is the blackness? I claim that is not a blackness in the lineage of oppression, but a blackness that is primordial and from within me. I see. Right. Yeah. How do I form community yeah. with blackness around in that way? Amen. Right? Because I know, I know my life matters. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, you know, as Tony Morrison said, I'm not distracted right. by your racism. You know, like I'm not there what's the next place we go to where yes. we're like, what, what do we reclaim for ourselves? That is a dance. Oof,
1: thank you. What a, what a, what a gorgeous answer. Thank you so much. I'm just kind of receiving that some awareness <laughs> of some awareness of that Jesse is about to come in. I want to make sure we get to the poem. Yes. And, and, but I, I, right before that, I want to just kind of affirm what you're saying, Yeah. because so a lot of this healing work is precisely Hinges on being able to hold the person in re- in reliving the traumatic event or events, right? And so you're creating a space where the heart can, can relive it, right? In order to, to grieve it and move out and out of it. Cause that otherwise the, the post traumatic stress is, defi- is shaping the, the entire life. It's like, I don't want to have that ever again. right Right. and so in that
0: way it's like you're reliving it all all the time
1: right exactly it's defining your life
0: you're unsupported reliving it means you just like i i push it down yeah there's something about being like okay you know the the most um liberating healing experiences i've had have been when like someone's like i am not scared right of what happened to you because you survived it and i want you to tell me about that you know i'm like what yeah yeah yeah, and then like what does that mean on a collective level? Like yep. genocide has not worked. Yeah. It hasn't worked.
2: Yeah. It has yeah. not
0: worked. Yeah. And yeah. Um, now we might argue culturally about this, you yeah. know, but something remains. Um, yeah. And as long good. as our stories remain, we That's get to change the story. So um, so speaking of yeah. genocide not working, I wanna talk about this because I've been following the story of what's happening in Iran and, you know, trying to do that balance of like, I'm not trying to become an expert in anything. And I also deeply feeling what's happening and deeply feeling particularly like I keep having the experience of like, those are my people. Mm -hmm. You know, when I hear this, like these protesters who are fighting for sovereignty over their body and the right to exist on their own recognizance, Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's, what i'm up to also that's what we're trying to do here
2: um
0: literally fighting for you know i'm in a state where i don't have the right to an abortion it's like these things are are really live and really present and connecting and then this last week there was this news that was like they're starting to sentence these protesters fifteen thousand protesters and the the early sentencing is the death penalty and it just is one of these things where i'm like what can i possibly do you know what can there's nothing, you know, I was like, there's nothing, there's nothing I can do. And, um, and so I was reminded of this poem, this spell, which I wanna share with y'all called First the Unbearable, which I wrote, learning of similar human- humanitarian crises happening in Egypt and feeling that same like connectivity. I hear the condolences first, read the written word, the name, the place. Someone is sending love with rage, with shock, with tears, with analysis with their people, with all people, and I go looking for the fresh wound. I want to not know, to step from here without this pain to the next moment, unmarked by blood, looking past the flayed horizon, whispering, no, not this many, no. Hmm. The numbers grow on my tongue. I say them to no one. I read the news to whomever is near, even if they have read or are reading it. I want to lend my voice to the spell of awakening to make every head turn, look, look what we've done, look what we have not undone, what we have allowed and encouraged, what we have invested in, what we forget, what we remember, look who we are now, look who we still are. I want to change the story being written, the history still warm and wet on our fingers. I want to focus on the intimate heartbreak of violation. What? stole my smile, my childish peace, boorish men, the mountain of offense we all burrowed through, the memories we walk with and the terrors navigating legacies of genocide and erasure. I know all of the harm intertwines at the root. I know the medicine has to go deeper down to the core of existence, to the cord between us and God, to the fault lines between us that make us think I can be without you. But first, the unspeakable, the unimaginable, the unbearable. We have created hell with our boredom. We birthed hierarchy, greed, and the foolish need for victory, for righteousness. It is killing us. It is killing everything, eating us up from within. The detonation of cancer in a living body, the cancer of violence in a living world. Some days, I am nothing more than a prayer, a vessel of tears being emptied, stunned by my own insignificance, our inability to stand in the way of our demons, the brightest truth about us. Some days I have to focus on one story, out of the hundreds of deaths, one person telling God everything, feeling the sacred flood of all their senses, planning the next meal's portions and what to say to their sweet and distant lover, one person remembering they are enough, One person smiling as they gather themselves for the world outside, enjoying the mundane pleasure of bodies all around, in and of faith, wearing faith, speaking faith. The doors will open. The violence will burst in so sure of itself, so wrong. I will learn your name in your absence. Perhaps I cannot fathom the entirety of gore, the scale of destruction we have committed to, but you, stranger of faith, comrade in the act of prayer, beloved to your God, your mother, your son, you I will grieve for, mm. you I will grieve for all the time and sea between us. I feel the shock of losing you. It is a devastation. I would have loved you, but my species, we are terrified of love.
1: Thank you again. It's, uh... Felt and needed.
0: Thank you. Thanks for sitting and listening to. It's always this awkward, like what to do. (laughs) Like I'm gonna read. I always. I'm like I never know what quite to do with myself. (laughs) You know. I'm just like here. I'm reading and feeling this. So
1: yeah. No. It's um. Yeah. It's uh, the the yogis have a word they call it's sankalpa, and it's like um, it's the intention behind the word. So the the. The more, like, the, the wake, your wakefulness, your sense, whatever you're feeling, you, you put it behind it and it cut, reaches out and touches us. And it places us in communion with the very people you've, inv- you, you've evoked. And so I just, yeah. just feeling that and grateful for that and what else is there, right? But, but to be together here, yeah. yeah. Signal versus noise. There's so much competing for our attention. And I am so glad that you stayed with us through the end of the podcast. It should mean that you're finding something meaningful here. Hopefully, something worth sharing. And so I'm asking again, that you think of somebody who would be touched by this conversation, who wants to be a part of it some way. It is a decentralized conversation. It is a way in which we're changing ourselves by leaning in towards each other in places like this, and in the exchange of these ideas. So who's a person or two that will be specially moved by what you've heard here today? Send them a text, an email, let them know we're here. We're not trying to reach everybody. but We wanna reach the right people. We wanna keep having this decentralized conversation. We wanna keep working on getting right to the edge of the evolution of consciousness and culture to see what we find here, together. Thank you again for being a part of this. Liking the podcast helps. Subscribing is definitely a good thing.
2: Feedback is always welcomed. Stay in touch.